good. She's amazing. They got fired. Double, double baloney. Found out how much I really enjoyed party. <laughs> Damn it, Big Daddy. As my wife says, he has a very punchable face. And I know Michelle, she never lived in Texas. In the future, it's very bright, Michelle. Let's start the interview. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. Today's guest is a Dallas native and sports lover who took his background in music and passion for sports and dove headfirst into an opportunity. Let's welcome in Dallas Stars and Dallas Mavericks DJ music director, Shippy. Hello, hello. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm so glad that you were able to join me today. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem. How's the day going? It's good. Can't good. Complain. Yeah. No stars, complaints. <laughs> stars, stars clinched last night, and the Mavs are making a nice little playoff run, so I can't really complain. Heck, yeah. That's what we like to hear, right? Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. We'll go ahead and kick it off then. Welcome to Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. Thank and you. we interview those who work behind the scenes in the sporting world. So you are a DJ um, for the, the Stars and the Mavericks, Dallas Stars, Dallas Mavericks. Um, so go ahead and I'll let you just jump right into it. I'll ask questions along the way in regards to how you got to this spot in your career. Um, have you always been into music? Is I'm sure there's a lot to it that I have no idea what it entails. So just kind of kick it off and I'll ask questions along the way. Yeah. So uh, I actually grew up, I played piano when I was a kid and then I transitioned to being a percussionist. So music's been in my, my blood, my whole life. I did uh, four years of, you know, college drumline at university of Missouri. Um, so music's always been something that I have had a huge interest in. I've, you know, obviously playing in different bands and, um, stuff growing up, you know, contributed that contributed to that a lot. And actually, um, I got into this gig because the person who was my predecessor as the stars DJ, um, he actually did the same thing that I used to do in uh, sports radio as a board operator and a producer. And, you know, if you do that on a sports radio show, it's talk radio, but our job is to play funny drops or funny sound effects or funny music or happy music. If we're talking about the Rangers winning, which doesn't happen a lot anymore, but <laughs> you know, like it's just little stuff like that. And so, um, Groobs, who used to be, he's one of my best friends too. He used to be the, uh, stars DJ and he called me one day during the pandemic actually, and was like, Hey, um, if I moved on and I was the Rangers DJ, like, would you be interested in being the Dallas Stars DJ? And I've been a huge Stars fan ever since I was a little kid. I used to watch uh, Stars games with my grandma growing up all the time. Um, so it was like Dallas Stars hockey has been, you know, a huge thing, you know, with my family growing up. So, I mean, it was a no brainer. I, I had never DJed before, so I didn't really know what I was getting into, but you know, I had enough faith in myself. I knew if, you know, I'm a pretty quick learner and I knew that whatever I did in radio would probably translate pretty well to that same in arena, um, just kind of like vibe curator and, you know, 
somebody who just tries to make people laugh and have a good time and move. I, I, you know, it just seemed to all make sense. And honestly, it's gone a lot better than I could have really imagined. <laughs> for sure. So what, what year was that that you started uh, for the stars? So I, this is actually my second season. So I started last season uh, coming out of the pandemic. So my first ever game DJing a, uh, in an NHL game was opening night. We were, we were raising a banner because the Stars had just gone to the Stanley Cup final the previous mm -hmm. season and lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Groobs, who I mentioned before, was actually supposed to be there by my side and kind of like just be there in case anything went off the rails, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because of COVID, he called me like right before the game. He's like, hey, man, I'm actually not going to make it. I'm, I'm not so sure about being around people. I was like, oh, I was like, all right. Which honestly, like looking back on it, it worked out better because it was like sink or swim. You know, yeah, I, was, yeah. I wasn't going to sink in that scenario. I mean, I've obviously gotten a lot better. And if I've listened to that game, I'd probably, you know, cringe at some of the stuff I did or some of the mistakes I made. But there was no way for me to really learn because you know, in a typical season, I would have gotten preseason games. Like I would have had like three or four uh -huh. preseason games to kind of learn. But my first ever NHL game DJing was <laughs> banner unveiling, opening night. I mean, there was only 5,000 people there, but I had never done a game before. So right. it was kind of, you know, it was, it was, it was just kind of, you know, throw me in the fire and see what happens. And the stars actually went and won that game seven to zero. So it really helped. Nice. <laughs> job really easy. The crowd's very happy when, uh, <laughs> when, when the good guys are, when the good guys win seven zero like that. Yeah. I can imagine the, the uh, feedback is a lot more positive when the team is winning. Everybody dances more, they drink more, which also <laughs> leads to more dancing. So yeah, it was uh, <laughs> the, the stars did me a solid by, uh, you know, beating the Nashville Predators you know, pretty badly in my, in my NHL debut. Hey, that works out, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I can't think of enough for that. <laughs> we'll send him a thank you card. <laughs> yeah. I, I should send him a bunch, honestly. I mean, they, they've been doing great. So. <laughs> awesome. So what, so you started working with the stars a couple years ago. When did you start working for the Mavericks or is that kind of, they go hand in hand? So this is actually my first full season as the Dallas Mavericks DJ. And I didn't okay. find out I was going to be the Dallas Mavericks DJ until about like less than a week before the season started. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I was actually going to visit my aunt, um, you know, in the country just to go relax before I was going to start star season. Cause I knew I was going to be busy. And uh, as I was packing up and, you know, getting ready to drive out uh, I got a call from my Mavs boss and, so last season, um, just before I go further, like last season, I filled in for the previous DJ okay. in the middle of my first season DJing with the stars, uh, the Mavs DJ, she went over to Africa to DJ the NBA ball league or bow league. I don't know exactly wow. how to say it. Yeah. And, and she's from, um, she's from Africa. And so she's from Kenya actually. And like, she, um, it was like a, it was like a dream come true for her. You know, okay, so yeah. she left and it kind of opened up the opportunity for me to fill in. Well, she ended up, I guess, this season wanting to move to like a uh, like an in arena host role. Mm -hmm. And so a week before the season started, I got a call from um, my Mavs boss as I was getting ready to go 
I'm gonna drive go and hang out with my aunt and uh you know he called me he's like hey do you have a second i was like yeah he's like you're probably wondering why i'm calling right now and i was like yeah like this is super random like what's going on like you never call me i haven't right. talked in months and he goes hey uh do you think you could be available for for all 41 home mavs games <laughs> i was like um he, or he said like are you available for all 41 i was like if i'm not i will be like <laughs> yeah yeah don't like the mavericks and the stars are two of my favorite teams i'm a huge cowboys fan as well and okay. i love the rangers um i'm from dallas so okay. it's it's honestly like you know getting that call like i sped the whole way to my aunt's like i was just blaring music <laughs> yeah i was just i mean if i would have got pulled over and got a ticket it would have been like worth it i don't care like <laughs> i was so pumped like i didn't even care like i just i just wanted to get to the country and like and it was weird because like the stars didn't know about it actually i thought that the mavericks asked them you know before mm -hmm. they asked me to dj all their games and i called my stars boss and i was like hey i know you probably heard and he was like what he's like i have you're gonna be both djs and i was like oh i was like yeah he was like well i'll run it up the chain and obviously they're fine like the stars and the mavericks share a building and so okay. literally the games can't overlap like there can't be a conflict so it all worked out well um and yeah now i basically live at the american airlines center <laughs> well i mean i'm sure there's I'm worse sure. places to live for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm sure it's not that bad. I mean, no, it's not. I just, you know, I like to joke around about that because yeah. Um, I think I guess it was now two weeks ago. We I had my first double header where the Mavericks game one, like game one of the NBA playoffs, they scheduled before a stars game that was at 7 p.m. So the game, the Mavs game tipped off at noon, which meant I had to be at the AAC by 8.30 a.m. And oh boy. I did a Mavs game and then I did a Stars game and I didn't leave there until probably 10, 15 or 10.30. So it was a solid 14 a hours. Long day. Yeah, but I got yeah. to watch them, you know, flip the, uh, the basketball court to the ice, which is pretty cool. I mean, yeah. they're kind of loopy and, you know, I don't, <laughs> I think I blacked out a little bit of the Stars game just because I was so tired. I'm not really a morning <laughs> guy, you know. <laughs> The DJ life, you typically okay. aren't very good with mornings. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, not to be stereotypical, but I guess that fits the bill, huh? Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> I mean, stereotypes sometimes for a reason, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I and didn't in realize. In that case, it's accurate. Yeah. I didn't realize they shared the same building. I always find yeah. that really interesting with ice arenas that they can keep it as another like venue like i work in professional bass fishing we recently had our Bassmaster classic at an ice arena and our media room was always super flipping cold and they're like well this is an <laughs> ice arena and i was like well that makes sense but like yeah. where's the ice like what do they do with it have you watched it so tell me more. yeah so <laughs> so literally like there's a sheet of ice underneath and like there's um it's like a big it's like a jigsaw puzzle basically is the best way i could explain it is like okay. on top of the ice there's like i don't know what material it is but it's like these black like kind of like foam looking things it's not foam but i don't know exactly the material but it's basically on top of the ice to insulate that so that the ice doesn't sweat through onto the basketball so the hardwood goes on top of that oh. whatever the black material is so it's literally just one thing that kind of stands in between the two surfaces and uh i mean there are some times where you know the mavericks players will talk about hey like i think the ice is causing you know 
the court to be a little slippery underneath there. I know, I know that they used to have issues with that, but now they've got it down to such a science, like our, our team at the AAC who takes care of the ice and, you know, the whole crew who flipped that thing from a basketball court into a hockey rink, like they all at this point, like know what they're doing. They're all really Mm -hmm. good at their job. And honestly, it was really cool to watch them pull that off. It only took them like two hours, like, which is insane. And they had to like, they had to take out because, you know, in basketball, there's a lot of courtside seats. Well, you take, you take out, you know, all those courtside seats because the basketball court is 94 feet long and the ice rink is 200 feet long. So you can't have all those, you know, all those seats, like those courtside seats. So it was, it was interesting to watch them, you know, how they readjusted everything and, you know, made the, uh, made the basketball court, you know, turn into or transform into a, uh, hockey rink it was it was really impressive yeah that that is that would be super interesting to watch and do it only because like if like you're saying like it goes on top what if it melts and then when the basketball players are playing are their feet cold like can you yeah, feel it I don't know. through I mean, the I've, court i've <laughs> stood on the court and my feet didn't feel cold okay like, well maybe it's thick enough i don't know yeah I now think- i'm like into the logistics of that like now i need to know more <laughs> so i actually i i did i brought a tripod and i recorded the whole thing okay. i just i but i've been trying to find the right app to turn it into a time lapse and i just have oh. i found one app but it was going to take like 40 hours for me to do that and i don't have that what? yeah no. was, so that's how i know it was a t- it was like two hours that it took him to flip everything because i literally recorded the whole thing on my phone so that's this actually reminds me i need to go back and figure out how to do that so then i can post it and you can see it and then you yeah. can see how that works yeah i look forward to watching that <laughs> i I'll will personally do some, some point, research for you <laughs> yes okay i will do some research for you too to see what we can what we can do to make this happen because that, right, that right, needs to go viral that needs to go viral so okay let's go let's go back a little bit um kind of talk tell me a little bit about your childhood and and did you play any sports I know you said you played piano when you were a kid um, and then percussion so has that always been have you always had a dream of working in sports or doing something with music yeah so I was always, I've always been really good at music and I was, I did play sports too. I was really good at soccer. I was really good at baseball and I was like pretty decent at basketball. I wasn't tall enough. I didn't hit my growth spurt till like uh, my senior year of high school. And I was like, man, like these extra five inches I just gained would have been really awesome when I was trying to play basketball. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> By that point I'd kind of moved on and I kind of figured out like, I mean, I love playing sports. I still play pickup basketball. I'm actually like, pretty good. Okay. Um, I've always, I'm like, I'm like a pretty athletic person, but, um, yeah, I was, I, the only sport I didn't play because my, my dad played it and it messed up his knees is he wouldn't let me play football. So that was the oh. one sport. And actually I didn't play hockey either. Cause I can't ice skate. So I lied oh. There's two sports that I never played, but I'm a huge hockey fan. I like watching it. I just don't know how they turn on a dime like that. Like, oh. honestly, it's too late in my life to figure it out myself. So I just, Hey, never say but, never. Well, I mean, I, I could, I could, I could, but at the same time, like, I don't want to get out there and like tear my ACL and I got to walk around on crutches everywhere to do yeah. all the stuff that I do, you know? <laughs> so that's true. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I played, uh, I played soccer and, uh, baseball and basketball growing up. I played, uh, like intramural at Mizzou. I played intramural soccer 
And then I played actually intramural flag football and basketball all at Mizzou. So um, I've always, you know, I've always played sports growing up. I've always worked out like when I was like, I don't know, 12 years old, I asked for a, like a gym membership for my birthday. <laughs> I don't know why. That's like, awesome. looking back on it, I'm like, dude, you could have asked for so many cooler things. <laughs> like, I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, like working out and being, you know, playing sports and everything has always been a huge part of my life. So, um, and I, I, you know, I did, I ended up doing sports radio uh, for seven years right out of college before okay. I did uh, before I started DJing for the uh, Stars and Mavericks. And so growing up, like I would, you know, in first grade, actually, they had like this reading assignment where we're supposed to read something every single day. And like all these kids are reading like parts of books, like a chapter here, a chapter there. I would wake up every day and I'd read the sports page of the newspaper. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, like eight years old. I'm sitting at the table next to my dad. He's drinking Yeah, I'm eating bacon and eggs. And I'm just, <laughs> I got the, you know, the sports yeah. opened up in front of me. Uh, so it's, sports have always been like a huge passion of mine. And, you know, growing up here in Dallas, you know, I'm, I'm a Dallas fan, you know, through and through every single team for better or worse, which most of the time it's worse. But <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we're about to change that with this uh, Stars and Mavericks run. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. So sports radio is what you started doing out of college. You said, right? Yes. Um, what, what does that entail? What's, what's all sports radio? Are you a broadcaster? Yeah. So, so that's actually where I get my name shippy from. I got my name. I interned with ESPN Dallas when I was in college. And this is what's funny is my boss at ESPN Dallas uh, like as an intern, he named me Shippy. And then right as I graduated Mizzou, I got a part-time job at 105.3 The Fan uh, here in Dallas, uh, like the home of the Cowboys and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it was pretty like, I was pretty hype. I mean, it didn't pay very well at, at first, but yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to get my foot in the door and hustle my way up. And um, so, but what's funny is when I joined The Fan, my boss at the fan called me shippy, like right off the bat. So I was like, all right, I guess my name is shippy now. Like, <laughs> I had two different people at two different radio stations give me the same nickname. So I guess this is the thing, you know, this is the <laughs> so, thing. This yeah, is my thing now. Just, it, there was no other choice. Apparently I, I guess it just made sense to everybody. That's uh, okay. Yeah. So I did, uh, I mean, I love sports radio. Um, I was a producer in board op. So, um, I was kind of more in charge of, Hey, make sure the mic sound good. And I spoke a lot like on the mic, but I also spoke through drops. So if like a host said something I disagreed with, I'd play a drop that would, and a drop is like a short clip of audio basically that just, it's just, it's out of context, but I've pulled it out of context and I try to make it in context in the conversation on the radio. Okay. So I would try to like, especially when I first got going, like I didn't want to hop on the mic because I'm like a college kid who nobody knows who I am, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's like a lot of people, you know, that's I mean, that's a natural inclination is to hop on the mic and try to make your presence known. But I opted to kind of go through the route of playing drops or playing sad music or happy music, depending on whatever the mood of the topic or the conversation was. Um, so yeah, I did that for a long time. And I, I did sports radio for seven years. I hosted on the weekends. I was a host, like producer. I'd fill in on holidays for shows. Um, And I really enjoyed it. But 
you know, towards the end of my time doing sports radio, I was kind of getting burnt out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That, that happened. Yeah. I mean, it was just too serious for me. I got, oh, okay. You know, I was like, yeah, I wonder that. I because I I struggle listening to sports radio sometimes because I feel like it's so serious. I'm like, yo, everybody, calm and, down. And like, one of my last few years in sports radio, like they kept talking about like Dak's contract. They're talking about all these people's money, and I'm like, dude. Mm. I mean, I get it. Like, it's part of team building and stuff. But I'm like, I would love for somebody to pay me that money. And like, if I heard somebody questioning if I was worth that, I would be pissed. Like, yeah. I would hate that they even knew how much I was making. You know, like that's yeah. kind of like a weird thing to me. So yeah, it was kind of like one of those things. And, and I became friends with like a lot of athletes in the area too. So. I was never like the dude who was like trying to get a scoop, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, what's going on with this? Like I was trying to protect them. Yeah. You know, if they were out and about, you know, doing whatever, like I would hey, dude, don't do this or <laughs> something like one time somebody sprayed my buddy who played for the Rangers with champagne and he wanted to fight him. I was like, dude, no, like, I was like, you play for the Rangers dog. Like yeah. nobody knows who that guy is. You're going to be a headline and nobody's going to know who he is. He's going to get a settlement. Like don't, yeah like, I didn't explain all that but that was my thinking at the time you know like <laughs> I like, just it's not worth it like take the high road you know keep it moving so that's right that's I kind right. of figure out that like I mean I enjoyed doing sports radio but I was always kind of like just I like to make jokes and you know make it fun so we ended up getting bought out by another corporation who tried to make it more like northeast uh radio mm-hmm. <laughs> just, like everybody yells at each other and it's all controversy all the time and just wasn't really my vibe anymore so yeah I don't blame you there yeah and now yeah it all it all definitely worked out heck yeah for sure okay so enough about this the sad well it's not sad just so serious stuff yeah (laughs) let's talk about your position now and just kind of walk me through or fill me in educate the people that are listening that have no idea what goes into your job on a daily basis um and what it, what your nights look like or i guess when you have a double header it's an all-day affair yeah yeah so i mean first of all there's a lot of prep work that i do for every game um i like to keep my music fresh i like to bring in new stuff that you know people haven't heard um just because I, you know, I don't want people to, I don't want to be like a predictable DJ. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's songs that you're going to hear mo- more nights than not, you know, mm-hmm. um, you're going to hear them just because they're high energy or they work. Um, they get the crowd out of their seat. They get them clapping. There's like all these different things that you got to think about uh, when you, you know, when you decide whatever uh, track you're going to play. Um, and so there's a lot of prep work that goes into it, you know, the night before, two nights before, something like that. Or sometimes I wait till the day of just depends. <laughs> just depends <laughs> on what all I got, you know, if I'm, yeah. you know, if I had a game the night before or something like that. But um, there's a lot of prep work. And then once I'm in the show, uh, you know, once the game starts, once doors open and people are walking in, um, I mean, really, especially at a Stars game and actually a Mavs game too, like, everything I play, there's a specific reason for it. Um, It like, I'm not just up there, like just firing off a song. Like I have like a computer where I can queue up a bunch of different songs. And basically with, I'll have probably like six or seven songs queued up and 
every single song, like if there's an icing or if there's just a random puck out of play, or if there's a big hit that leads to an offsides, like I have all this, all this different music queued up for whatever moment just happened. Um, okay. Just to kind of, just to kind of, you know, you just got to be prepared for whatever to happen. Cause I mean, it's, it's a lot, that's a, like, I think a lot of people think that it, what I do is like super planned out, but it's not like I read the room. Like, it's just all about like feeling the energy, the vibes, um, you know, is the team playing well uh, with stars games? I play songs that the crowd actually like will sing along after the whistle's done. Okay. And so I use those whenever I feel like the team needs like a push. Like if they're kind of, if the other team is really pushing the stars, like I'll use one of those sing-alongs because I feel like that kind of pumps energy into the building. Um, Throw a little sweet Caroline out there. Hope so, for the yeah. So I actually don't do, I actually don't do sweet Caroline. What? Um, I, I know it would work a hundred percent, but I do like all the small things, Mr. Brightside. Okay. Um, all right all doing, right i've been doing living on a prayer that one's been going that's probably the best one now that's yeah. a new one i brought in this season um i've done i want it that way like sometimes like if we're winning by a lot you know it's kind of a weird like it's kind yeah. of a weird hockey vibe to play i want it that way by backstreet boys you know like so i gotta be really careful with when i use that one uh, we also do like a sing-along with um uh friends in low places yeah like we kind of want to make that the like dallas stars version of the boston red sox sweet caroline okay and so that's kind of you know we uh this year our theme is like texas hockey so i'm playing more country music than i normally would probably like during intermission and stuff just because it's texas you know yeah um but yeah so i don't do sweet caroline i mean i know it would work super well um and maybe i'll try it i don't know like why not you know i mean people you're welcome yeah thank you i appreciate it i mean people love friends in low places too and all the i mean there's all kinds of things i mean you could throw a christmas carol in there i'm sure people would sing along to that but and there's there's songs too like the stars fans are so used to singing along and stuff like i'll play a song that i don't think is a sing-along and i'm like i'll ask my audio guy next to me my a1 and i'm like are they all singing this right now? Like while the music's playing and then it'll, it'll stop. And I'm like, dang, like, I didn't know that many people, you know, really like that song. So it's kind I'm of sure a trial and error thing. Yeah. And at this point with TikTok, I'm sure any viral TikTok song oh, yeah. would probably be a sing-along song as well. Yeah. Yeah. I use, <clears throat> I don't, I'm not like super active on TikTok, but I, at least I keep up with it enough because I know my audience keeps up mm. with it. Mm-hmm. So actually, like after every Dallas Stars goal, when they drop the puck, I play Bing Bong. <laughs> like I have two versions <laughs> of it, and like I'll play Bing Bong, and you'll hear the whole crowd yell Bing Bong. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that is awesome. funny. So I have that, <laughs> and I have like that Oh No song, like when the other yeah. team takes the penalty. Um, yeah. I still, I, I don't, I don't. Thankfully, I haven't like gotten lost in TikTok yet. I've got a bunch Ooh. of friends who used to be like, I don't do TikTok, and then all of a sudden they're like. I'm like trying to hang out with them and they're just on their phone, just scrolling through it the whole time. So TikTok is a sinking ship. I, um, I, I let it go. I mean, I have to do it for work sometimes, but I will tell yeah. you that I have to set an alarm when I have to do it because you can get lost in there. I've like, seen it. I've seen it. Um, it's bad. Yeah. One of my buddies got like super addicted to it to the point where I was like, I almost had like an intervention for him. 
I'm like, dude, like we hang out and like, I, like, I try to have conversation with you and you literally don't respond. Oh yeah. (laughs) No, that's not good. I'm like, why did you invite me to come hang out with you and these people? Like, why, like, why are we over here? You're just on your phone watching TikTok. Yeah. I'm I'm addicted. (laughs) Yeah. Friend, if you're listening, put your phone down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. (laughs) It's not worth it, man. His name's Mike. Mike. We're calling you out. This is an intervention. Get another hobby. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure sure he will. I hope he listens. <laughs> Me too. Okay. <laughs> Mike, that was for you. Um, okay. So lots of planning and preparation to get ready for the games. Um, and then, like you said, lots of paying attention to what's happening throughout the game and reading the audience and different things like that. Yeah. Um, what, and this is where the technical terms i have no idea so you'll have to help me out yeah, what worry. do you bring your own equipment do they have equipment there for you i know like you came from sports radio so you know working on the radio boards and doing different things like that is probably like second nature to you at this point so all yes. that stuff relevant in the dj booth you don't like spin discs so a lot of teams um especially i've noticed actually both in the nba and nhl like some teams will have like um like cdjs or like decks you know like where mm-hmm. the DJ will i think and i don't know this for sure but i imagine they probably dj like the timeouts the tv timeouts with okay. those and then they might use like my setup my setup with the dallas stars and the dallas mavericks actually is a uh, computer that the american airlines center gave me that i actually like set on this dock that um connects to a monitor Okay. So it's, I have two monitors that I work off of one, one, um, one program is called click effects. And like, that's not one that I have on my computer at home. So all my work with that, like I have to do at the American Airlines center Okay. on my left computer, I have this program called sound director and, uh, it's nice. Cause you can like hotkey stuff. So, you know, when the Dallas stars score a goal, I, I hit the G key for goal and like that fires off our goal song, you know, like, okay work smarter not harder so I I, <laughs> yeah. I I have a lot of stuff like hotkeyed you know stuff that I use a lot so I don't have to individually find the song like because I have I mean there's multiple screens there's multiple pages I probably have like I don't know I'd say I probably have like 2,000 songs or something on there like oh I bet there's a lot of music more. In there. and so you know my first season it was kind of tough because I would forget where songs were at but now that I've done it you know, in my second season, like I'm pretty good about remembering, you know, which page to go to, to find what song to have, whatever impact I'm thinking of having or trying to have on the game. Okay. So you mentioned that there's a program that you use that you don't have at home. Do you spend any time, you know, at the arena, at the court when you're not there for games to like get all that stuff connected so it i actually had a day that i went up uh before the star season because i told my boss i'm like hey like i i I barely used that system last season like it was covid it was my first season honestly like i was just trying to get a good feel for things and it was tough to get a feel for things in my first season because we only had four thousand fans there and like the difference between having four thousand fans you're djing for and eighteen thousand is like huge like yeah yeah sure it's a major difference so like a lot of the stuff I would play like I was like I don't 
I mean, I think this will work next season, but I really don't know. So this season I've really got a good idea of, you know, what works and what doesn't. So, you know, before this year's star season, I told my boss, I was like, Hey, I need a day to go up there and figure out that second computer. So we found a day where there wasn't a concert or anything like in the off season. And uh, I was able to go up there and like literally just kind of nerd out on that computer and figure out where everything <laughs> was at and, you know, kind of move things where I wanted them. And, um, and, and like, <clears throat> that was just something that, you know, I didn't need to do, but it was like, I just knew if I went and just put in like one day of work there, like it would make me that much better this season, you know? Yeah. And it definitely, it definitely paid off. The thing that I wish I would have known is I wish I would have known that I was going to be the Mavs DJ so I could have had the same day. Mm, yeah. <laughs> look at the Mavs sure. stuff. Yeah. Like I didn't know until like barely a week before that I was going to be DJing all the Mavs games. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and actually this season I did have a day where I showed up like an hour early before I was supposed to be there for Mavericks. And I mm-hmm. went to that second computer and just, I mean, cause it's like it, that second computer has been there for however many DJs were before me. So all the pages and all the music are set up based on those DJs. So okay. I don't, when I, when I read, like, it'll say like, it'll like the button will say like, let's go Mavs like snappy or something like that. You know? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, until I hit the button, I don't know what that means. (laughs) What it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I just had a day where I went in there and like, I just clicked those buttons. So I knew what it meant, you know, cause I was too nervous to try it out in a game. Like that seems like a bad time. (laughs) Like a bad time. I don't know what you're going to get. (laughs) Like (laughs) what, like, I don't like, I mean, I'm sure that whoever was before me edited everything and it sounds good and it's the right levels, but I don't know that for sure. And honestly, a lot of the stuff isn't like EQ'd correctly. So this off season, I'll definitely put in, you know, at least one day, probably two days uh, for the Mavericks going up there and just making sure that everything's on point for next season. Um, you know, just cause I really didn't get that time before the season. Yeah. So you have to edit the sound bites yeah like you have to produce and edit those or yeah so that's where that's where my radio experience comes in handy um the the stars you know they actually got me adobe audition for my computer and adobe audition is what i use to edit um sound bites and stuff in radio so it it transitioned perfectly so Anytime, like I bring in a song, I cue it up myself, you know, I make sure that, you know, the right amount of bass is in there. I make sure that, you know, it's loud enough. I make sure it's going to sound good on the uh, American Airlines speakers before, you know, I, I, before I, you know, put it in the system. So, and then once I put it in the system, I make sure to play them on the speakers and listen to them to make sure everything sounds good. Cause sometimes it doesn't always, you know, go exactly how you want. You got to tweak it a little bit. Yeah, there's that's a there's a lot more to it than I would have <laughs> thought. I mean, a ton. <laughs> you're yeah, making your own music, basically. Yeah, and like actually, I'll, I'll like I'll loop my own songs and stuff. You know, Sweet. like because like and that's where the drumming comes in. I know rhythm. Mm. I, like there's songs that like I'll take like instrumentals from the end and I'll put it at the beginning. Like cut it myself just to sound the way that I want, depending on whatever um, moment I'm using it for. Heck yeah. Yeah, you gotta, that's super cool that you can do that 
having that background because I'm sure there's, I mean, I would think that DJs would know how to do that stuff, but maybe they don't, maybe they don't have the honestly, kind of background like, that you have. Honestly, a lot of like, uh, and I don't know this for sure, but like, I feel like a lot of club DJs and stuff, like, you know, people who are at bars and clubs and stuff, Mm-hmm. they don't have that same experience that I have working at Adobe Audition. Like I got really good at Adobe Audition, like, cause I did it so much. I use it every day for seven years, any yeah. like, internship. So it was something that, you know, like I definitely feel like I have an upper hand there. And I don't know if honestly other DJs, even in the NHL or NBA have that type of experience. Like I can't obviously speak for them, but honestly you bringing that up right now kind of just makes me wonder like, yeah. I mean, it just seems like, like, I never, and this is what I told people when I first got the Stars job, is, like, being a being a sports DJ for the Mavericks and the Stars is, like, the dream job I never knew I had. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. know, <laughs> yeah. didn't know that you could make a living doing this, you know? Like, yeah. I had no clue. And so, everything that I've done to this point in my life, I feel like, has, has contributed to me, you know, doing what I'm doing now with the Mavericks and the stars. Yeah. Because so what do you think? I mean, you, you weren't, you were getting burnt out to the point at sports radio that you were probably going to start, you know, maybe another path. Do you think that you would have stayed in the radio business had this opportunity not come about? Um, yeah, probably just because I like sports so much. Yeah. And, you know, before the pandemic started, like when I was still at the radio station, that was when I was kind of approached about this, like, hey, like, I mean, you wouldn't be able to do radio anymore, but would you leave radio to do this? I was like, dude, I was like, what? I was like, yes, like the Dallas Stars are my favorite team. Like, like, they're definitely my top team. I know hockey is not super popular in a lot of places in the u.s especially not in dallas but like the stars are like my number one team and then the mavericks are right there underneath them like it's really like 1a 1b with those you know so yeah i mean it would it would be a dream to get the cowboys job eventually and i hope i do sure but like that would just be like extra cherries on top of the whole thing you know like <laughs> that would now just can you do hard. all of them i'd be can like you... this there's no way this is real life you know like it would be real life could you do them all i mean i guess you could not their seasons don't really overlap that much do they yeah and, and honestly like i think that the nba and the nhl they try their best to schedule games where they don't line up with cowboys games because they know their ratings are going to just be trash yeah right. and actually the uh the pa voice for the dallas stars he's also the pa voice uh jeff k he's uh the pa voice for the dallas cowboys as well so okay. he does both so it is possible it is that would be just like the last, like, I don't, I don't really watch like the Avengers, but I know that, you know, Thanos <laughs> gets like that last like gym or whatever on his like little gold hand thing. Like that would be my final, like, <laughs> that'd be your last gem. That'd be my final thing. I love the Rangers, but like I've worked in baseball before and I have no interest in working a game where there's not a time. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> that, that, I would, uh, yeah, it was not, I mean, if you're getting paid hourly, it's awesome. But if you're not, it's not awesome at all. Oh yeah. No, that's yeah. I, I could imagine. So that seems similar to some other sports like NASCAR, like those poor people that work in NASCAR that have to sit through those rain delays and all that other stuff. And like, yeah. they're there for 24 hours because they rained out and then they finally got going at 8 PM. Like, 
yeah. I'd be going to take a nap. Like, bye. Oh, I, I had it. So I used to run the Texas Rangers radio network at my radio station. Uh-huh. And so I would do my afternoon show from three to seven. And then typically like our pregame show would take over at six 30. And then I would run like literally the whole Rangers game after that. I had one time where the Rangers were playing the Yankees and Joe Girardi, there was a, like, it started raining in the top of the ninth and Joe Girardi came out and basically asked for a rain delay. Well, that there was a huge thunderstorm and they didn't start resuming play until 3 a.m. I didn't leave till 4 a.m. And I got there at like 1 p.m. So I was there for like, 15 hours oh my like, gosh in like one room like it was horrible so <gasps> i will never forgive joe girardi for that it's still <laughs> to this day and uh i will they would have to pay me a lot of money to work baseball yeah <laughs> no kidding it I'm... would have to be it would have to be a considerable amount of money for me to <laughs> do that because i and it would definitely have to be hourly in case that ever mm, happened. Exactly, exactly. With a very long break for a nap and waking yeah, exa- up when exactly. we're ready to play again. <laughs> well, I guess we, I guess we could consider that uh, something that you don't like about the career path that you potentially could have gone on. But what is something in your job now that you, that's your favorite part, or that you look forward to when you go to games? Honestly, it's like, it's like my coworkers and stuff on both the, uh, like working with them, like honestly with the stars and the Mavericks, we're such like a well-oiled machine. Like even in the short amount of time that I've been the DJ, like, and this is actually how it kind of worked in radio too. Like in radio being a board op, like I would play drops cause I would anticipate where the conversation was going. Mm-hmm. Well, in the games, like I can anticipate what, you know, my colleagues are thinking and things like that. And so I'll get, um, I'll get, you know, um, stuff prepared ahead of time. And it's really cool. when it just like all clicks like that. Um, and they're all like, they're all good people. They're all fun to work with. Um, another, like actually really cool thing about it is, you know, I, I got to, you know, Sergey Zubov is a defenseman for the Dallas stars. He was on mm-hmm. the 1999 Stanley cup team when I was nine years old and watching that team and I went to the parade. Well, this season I got to DJ his after party after he got his Jersey retired. Oh, cool. So I was like at the Omni in Dallas and like, I'm hanging out with Sergey Zubov, Darian Hatcher, who was on that team. Brett Hole was there. who's was a hockey legend. Like there was mm-hmm. all these people there. I ran into Mike Madonna, like in the lobby of, <laughs> of Omni. Like it was like, those moments are definitely like pretty surreal. Um, yeah. I DJed um, Dirk's retirement too, like his jersey getting retired. We had the Warriors in town, we beat the Warriors, even though nobody said we would. <laughs> and like just being a part of that, like, like, like watching all these people when I was growing up and like being a super fan of them and then being able to like interact with them and work with them, um, you know, on like two really cool nights you know, like, like yeah. really memorable. I mean, what are the chances that like two of my favorite players from two of my favorite teams, both <laughs> get their Jersey retired in the same season that I is the first season that I DJ for both of them, you know, like, yeah, it was like, I had to like pinch myself sometimes, you know, and <laughs> there's a lot of times where I have to pinch myself, honestly, where yeah. like, I can't believe this is actually like actually happening. Like I can remember being a kid, being at Mavericks games and wondering like, who plays that noise whenever they make a free throw, you know? And like, now yeah. that's me, <laughs> you know? That's like, me, yeah. Like, I, re- I can distinctly remember like, oh no, 
fuck? Who does that? I had no idea it was like a DJ, you know? I had no idea I would be a DJ one day. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I, I would have had no idea that there was a DJ doing that either until I started doing what I'm doing now. And I'm like, wow, look at all these jobs that people have that like, that make things go and that like make the experience what it is. Cause that's what you're, you're part of that experience that people are, are having. And there's probably some kid at every game too, that does the same thing. Like, where's that sound coming from? What is, where yeah. who's doing that? How is that happening? And so the, it's super cool. Yeah. And it's on, like, it's something I definitely don't take for granted. Like, especially like, so I, like we're on position, like with my DJ booth, I'm at the top of like the lower, like the lower bowl. Okay. Like where like the stairs go down from the lower bowl, like to court side or to ringside. Like I'm at the top of that. So, and like fans can walk past me, fans come by, they say hi to me. Like there's a bunch of fans who uh, sit around me that like we're friends now. We have like little inside jokes, you oh, know, cool. like, there's like, like with the bing bong thing, like little kids love that I play that. So like they'll walk past me and they'll fist bump me and say bing bong out of nowhere. <laughs> like, like there's, there's just little stuff like that. Like yeah. it, it's just cool to think like, like whenever that stuff is, is happening, like I'm just thinking like, man, like that used to be me. Like I was always going to Mavericks games. I was always going to stars games growing up, you know? And like, it's just cool. Like I, I don't like take it for granted. I'm like, you know, that's cool. Like that used to be me that was like the little kid that was excited about that stuff you know so I try to you know if I'm busy I'm busy but I try to take time whenever I can to you know if they have a song request and if I can make it happen I try to do that for them if I can absolutely it's almost like it's come full circle yeah it really has in a way. my parents told me like you're basically raised <laughs> at the American Airlines Center and now you live there again <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah it's pretty much how it feels that's awesome I love that it's it's you're raised there and now you live there okay yeah. it's basically sure. like you never left yeah and then like <laughs> I mean I DJ for both the teams that play there so it like kind of is like my house now <laughs> like, <laughs> you know like I'm always there like that's right cool too. like now I know all the ushers like oh my know, gosh it's just cool like I just walk around and it's like I just feel I don't know I just feel like, I don't know. It's comfortable. It's, yeah. Like I feel super comfortable. Like I feel at home, honestly, like yeah. that's how it feels. That's awesome. Okay. But real life question. Have you yeah. met Mark Cuban? Yes, I have. Oh, a that's bunch of awesome. Time. I'm actually, so I met him a bunch in sports radio. Uh, oh, the, okay. Yeah. So on the show I was on the Ben and skin show, mm -hmm. um, skin from that show, he's actually on the Dallas Mavericks broadcast. And so we'd have Mark Cuban in our studio probably like twice a year, every year. And uh, it's actually funny. Like he showed me his, uh, I'm, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to show it to anybody. I'm not like, I'm not supposed to show it to anybody because I took a picture of it, but yeah. I can talk about it. But he uh, like, he, like he had this ID from him at Indiana University of Indiana and like, it looked exactly like me, like at the time. -uh. Yeah. Like, it was like I wasn't even the one that noticed it. He showed Ben and Skin, and he was like, "Wait, is that Shippy?" And like, then he showed me, and I was like, "Wait, is that me? Like, what is happening?" That was weird. So I mean, you're Mark Cuban's have... love child. Is what you're <laughs> yeah. Hey, I might be. I don't know. I would be <laughs> like, honestly, I'm probably gonna go get my DNA or genes tested or whatever I need to do. You should. <laughs> if, I, if I if I can get even like a like a quarter or an eighth of what he's got, I'll shoot. right. 
I mean, I'll still, I'll still work at the AAC and DJ, but I'll probably cut out all the extra gigs, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I think he's such a fascinating person though. Like I, I watch Shark Tank here and there, and I think that he's got a very good business mindset. People give him a hard time over different things, but I'm, I would love to be in his presence just to like soak in his knowledge because I think he's one of those guys that has had to learn how to make it in a way if that makes sense like you know there's a lot of people that have you know gotten to where they are because it was kind of it was their family business or it was handed to them and I think he he's one of those guys that's had to learn along the way and I just I I love him I'm like and it's it's interesting like you know I I love Shark Tank too and I'll watch it from time mm -hmm. to time like if I watch it like I binge it there's no in between like I mean exactly yeah or I'll watch like episodes in a row and I'm like what just happened to three hours of my life (laughs) Uh, that'd probably be like five hours but um it's it's interesting though just to see his like how his business mind works because I'll see like a product or something put on tv i'm like oh there's no way this won't work and then he'll immediately shoot it all down like from all these angles that i never thought about i'm like dang i'm like i really need to keep watching this because i really need to figure out like how right like a businessman like he does and i mean he like it's even little things like he's one of those dudes who you know he's got kids and obviously i think his kids are to the point now where they know who he is and like I mean, you look at their house and stuff, you know how rich he is, but those kids are poor, you know, like he doesn't just hand them anything. Yeah. yeah. I I really respect that. Like, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people, like you were just saying, like they're just handed things in life. And I don't feel like, you know, if you're just handed everything in life, like, I don't feel like you have like that same urgency or that same like hunger to like go after things. Mm -hmm. When you, you, you've got all this money and you're not doing anything like right there's Wait, no drive when i take a 10 10 an hour job to try to get my foot in the door in radio if i'm if i'm already on the trust fund you know like mm-hmm. exactly i wouldn't yeah. even pursue that dream i'll just be like all right well i'll just find like a nine to five or something i guess to just pass the time and then yeah <laughs> I'm good so i really yeah he like i admire him from a business standpoint from you know you know just a mindset standpoint and then obviously how he's you know raised his kids and how it seems like he kind of conducts thing and and he he decided to get real healthy um the last couple of years i think he i don't know if he's still vegan but okay you know, he he really took it upon himself to get in really good shape so he could you know keep on um playing pickup basketball and shooting hoops before the game and stuff like that so i just i admire people like that who are always looking for ways to either improve or evolve or just progress you know i I think that's an important thing yes a hundred percent that's one of the reasons i like him too he's always looking forward not behind right he's learned from those past mistakes and he's going forward with what's next exactly i mean it's in the past it happened there's nothing you can do about it except move on get better that's right same mistake twice that's right that's right well tell mark cuban i said hi even though he doesn't know who I, am. <laughs> I will i will honestly like i'm scared to talk to him sometimes because i'm just like now that he's my boss and he's not just mark yeah. cuban, like i mean i know he likes my work and like i know he's happy with my work but at the same mm-hmm. time like i just want to talk to him after we win a championship or something where like the mood's just perfect you know right like, you know i just want to I, I mean i know he's he's a down-to-earth guy like and when I filled in last season, he sent an email that actually, so 
So I DJed like the first full like capacity game, like coming okay. back from COVID was game mm-hmm. three last year against the Clippers, the Mavs and the Clippers played. And I was filling in. It was like one of my first, like I'd, I'd probably done like three or four games before that while Ivy, DJ Ivy, who was the DJ last season was gone. Mm-hmm. And we're like, so you have like, you know, you have a bunch of reads and stuff before the game starts. Like, Hey, this is brought to you by Whataburger, you know, for this yeah. many blocks, they're donating 10 cents or whatever. Here's how much money. So like, we're getting ready to go into all those. And all of a sudden I get a, like my boss, like talks to me in my headset and he goes, Hey, uh, Mark said, screw all the ad stuff. He just wants really hype music until the game starts since it was like the first full capacity game. So I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, and I actually, I put in a bunch of work, bringing in a bunch of new like hype music for the playoffs. Cause I didn't know how I was going to be doing it. I'm so glad I did all that work. Cause there's no way I would have made it through that game if I didn't like, Oh boy. It was, I seriously like, just like played like all upbeat music for like an hour and a half before the game started. <laughs> and like, that's just hype the crowd. Yeah. And like, I edit them to where they're like two minutes long instead of like three forty or four minutes, you know, like mm-hmm. I cut to the part where I'm like, Oh, I'll never get to the end of this song. You know, <laughs> like, all of a sudden I was like, Oh no, I'm getting to the end of all of these songs. Actually, so, <laughs> It was, but I mean, that's, that's just, I think that's part of the job. And I think that's honestly like one thing that like I kind of excel at is just being able to, think on the fly and just kind of make things happen as long as I'm given direction on what goal they want to achieve as far as like the music's concerned. Okay. Yeah. That, and like you said earlier too, I think having the skill to be able to read the room is important because if you went in into it and like, I'm just going to play this song all night long, then what if the the vibe's not there? So you got to be able, like you said, to read the room and pay attention to what people like, because I mean, Baby Shark is still a thing, right? I know. I get that request all the time. I'm like, do you really? I really do. Like, it's always little kids. I'm like, I really can't, like. Oh, my gosh. to Say something to me, you know, like. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I don't, like, I don't necessarily play all music that I like. And that's one thing yeah. that DJ, you have to understand is it's not about you. It's about the whole arena. It's about what will work. You know, and I mean, I like most of the songs that I play, but from time to time, I play a lot of stuff that I'm like, I don't like this song, but it works. And at the yeah. end of the day, if it works, like that's all that matters. If it gets the crowd into it. So that's right. That is true. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. So I will let you get to DJing. But before I let you go, what would be one piece of advice that you would offer to somebody looking to get into your career path? I would say um, networking. Your network is your net worth. And I would say that um, don't say no. Get your foot in the door in any way, even if you start as like on like street team or like reach out to and, and look at like don't don't aim for like a major league team. Like find out if your minor league team needs a DJ or this or that because a lot of those same people like you know, they might move on to those, you know, bigger teams. So don't be afraid. I mean, I got, I got fortunate, you know, I was lucky to start with the stars and, and then go on to the Mavericks, but that's not necessarily the case for the majority of people. So just be, you know, work hard. Don't say no, you know, like, especially mm-hmm. when you're first getting going, like you really 
you can't afford to and be somebody that people look forward to being around when they're working. Absolutely. And I have to say, you sounded just like Mark Cuban with uh, network. Your network is your net worth. So. <laughs> well, hopefully my bank account looks like his pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, not yeah. pretty soon, but, you know, we'll see. We'll take it. I mean, if you are his a love child. Um, <laughs> hey, I, I hope so, honestly. <laughs> I hope my parents don't hear that, but I hope so. <laughs> to your parents. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but if you look like him, I mean. I, I, hey, you know what? I don't know. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> you have some explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you joining me here, and I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. When's the next game? Uh, my next game. Well, so I have the uh, Stars uh, season finale on Friday. Okay. And hopefully the Mavericks beat the Jazz tonight. But if not, then I will have Game Seven, Mavs Jazz on Saturday. All right. Well, we look forward to it, and. We'll sure be listening in. Hopefully we can we can hear you play during commercials. Oh, yeah. Right? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, and so everybody can find you online where? Yeah, so I'm I'm at Shippy Spins on uh both Twitter and on Instagram. And then if you I have a Facebook page just under Shippy, and then if you want to add me on Facebook, it's just Jonathan Shippy Shipman. Jonathan Shippy Shipman. I yeah. like it. I like yeah. it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. And I look forward to hearing more. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Talk to you soon. All right. See you. Bye-bye. How fun was that? I hope next time you're at a sporting event, you reach up and give that DJ a high five, an air five, or a fist bump. And be sure to sing along. I appreciate you all tuning in and listening. Be sure to go like us on Facebook and Instagram, Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. And as always, you can find us on your favorite podcasting platforms, including Apple and iHeartRadio. Make sure you click that subscribe button to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. And if you feel inclined, feel free to leave us a review. With that being said, who do you want to get to know? Drop us a line and let's get to know them together. Later, Gators.